Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. It is, what is today? Oh, today crap. is October 3rd. Dude, I'm already losing it. It's October 3rd. We're on episode 19. And who, wait, I was supposed to introduce. You were supposed to introduce. <laughs> who do we have on the show today, Josh? Thank you for correcting me, Scott. I appreciate that. Some people have named him the most handsome man in pinball, mostly his wife and his children. Other people have said he's the most business man in pinball, which is probably true. But a lot of people know him as the man that likes to kick the hornet's nest. Today, we've got Zach Minnie with us. Oh my gosh. Thanks for the introduction, guys. Josh, Scott, how's it going? We're all fired up. I have my uh, my vitamin water zero, and I'm slightly caffeinated with an Excedrin on board. So we are good to record right now. Oh, watch out. You're like a rebel over there with your Excedrin. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Only elective drugs. Things are going crazy. Now I'm on uh, maybe my, probably my 14th Pepsi. I'm ready to go, guys. Whoa. Yes. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, and we'll probably have more energy than usual just because we're actually recording during the day instead of, it feels like every time we record, it's freaking midnight. And oh, no one really? Knows that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I may get a cameo uh, from about three kids who come downstairs. Hey, dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. I uh, listen to you all's podcast. Uh, what is it? You're every two weeks now. I listen to every yeah. one of them. Yeah, we're basically we're the uh, we're the surprise you podcast. We record when we can, and it ends up being every, anywhere from one to two weeks, really depending on our schedules and also the news that's come out. So it's been a it's been a blast listening to all of your guests that you've been able to secure. Quite impressive list of people. That's why I wondered and, and questioned whenever you asked me to come on. I thought, really. I mean, are you guys at the at the bottom of the barrel already? You had Elwin, you had Chris Hutchins, really? Me. All right, I'll do it. Well, what's funny though is like when I first started, before I even had Scott come on board, I messaged you mm-hmm. and gave you my little six minute blip. And I was like, I know you're a busy man. You're probably doing your your thing right now at work. You just give me a, a listen when you got a chance and send it back. And you send it back and you're like, dude, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'll come on anytime. So I was like, well, crap, we got to have Zach on sometime because he put his faith in us and look at us now. Hey, that's a humble brag alert. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> I love it. I'll get behind that. Yeah. But no, seriously. Thanks, Zach. We, we appreciate that. So always now that we've got you on, we've, you've done so much. Why don't you kind of introduce what you do? It's funny. Cause a couple of weeks ago we had a guest on that we thought everyone knew and someone chewed us out for not properly introducing who they were. Oh. So we, will, will you kind of tell us, who you are and what your background is. Uh, I would say that number one, first and foremost, I'm a pinball guy uh, with a family and some friends. That's, that's who I am. I got into pinball, I don't know, four or five years ago and fell in love with it. Everything I do, I, I put way too much into it and I get very obsessive. So quickly I owned uh, numerous pinball machines. And then I met a guy in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, who is now my best friend, Greg Bone. We started a YouTube show called Straight Down the Middle, a pinball show. For those listeners who have, haven't seen, check us out there. We do reviews, top 10 lists, interviews, exclusive promos for manufacturers, uh, you name it. It's not family friendly, so uh, please, whenever you whenever you press play, be prepared. Uh, and th- so we, we hung out. We were best friends. We were doing that. And then we met uh, a friend. His name is Jeff Patterson. Jeff Patterson later... Uh, started running This Week in Pinball. This Week in Pinball is an editorial site that gives you up-to-date information on everything pinball. And uh, we became good friends. And so much so that uh, we started doing the Twippy Awards with him, the yearly annual uh, uh, pinball award ceremony. Um, I'm doing a podcast 
for him now as a co-host of This Week in Pinball podcast. Um, and then I bought a pinball distribution business. And so now uh, my nine to five, or really my nine to nine, if you will, is answering calls, selling pinball machines, supporting pinball machines, making uh, media on our flipping out pinball stream. That's another new thing that we're doing this year with the special one late guys, uh, Ken and Bill up there in Chicago land area. They're streaming every week for flipping out the newest machines on the market. And yeah, so uh, my goal is to every quarter have something new that maybe pinball media hasn't seen. That is quite the the rap sheet. That's crazy to me that it just started because you, you know, you got into pinball and it's just snowballed into this. Like, I don't know how you do all this. This is ridiculous. I have a family and my wife already complains at the <laughs> every two weeks thing. So I can't even imagine if I was like, honey, I'm coming home. I'm going to do a, a YouTube, a podcast, <laughs> you know, I'm going to own a, a pinball business on top of all that. And uh, we'll do a stream, you know, once a week as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the only way I've been able to do any of this, I promise you, is because my wife, I literally, I think she is a saint. Um, she's the most wonderful person I've ever met. And I was lucky enough to find her and she's, uh, she's been with me since the seventh grade, which is really weird. Um, so she's grown to, to love my antics and annoyed by them at the same time. So, you know, she's, she's terrific. Now there were times where I was expending so much energy on pinball media, um, that, uh, I I wasn't receiving really anything monetarily speaking. So it became a little questionable why I was putting so much time into it. I mean, passion only goes so far, right, guys? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's when my wife and I talked to our friends, the previous owners of Flipping Out Pinball, and we asked if they ever hung up the hat, if they'd be willing to sell. And now, my wife and I, who was she was never into pinball before, she's now she's not much of a, a pinball player, but she loves the aesthetics of pinball, the collectability, uh, the sales of pinball. Uh, so she and I now have a mutual interest where we we did not have before as strong as this so it's it's actually pinball has brought my wife and i closer together in a weird way so here's a question for you on being the distributor you're also basically the mechanic and you you have to troubleshoot all these things now um this is something i've gone on and on about being able to uh from the uh, either from the distributors or from Stern to have some sort of clinic to say, hey, by the way, these are the main things that you need to know how to fix. Uh, you know, my, I've told the story before. My friend was a mechanic for Toyota, and they actually sent him to a school to say, hey, this is how you do all this, all this stuff. At least the common things, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, how did you learn how to work on the games, and how do you learn how to maintain all these games? Because that's a that's a broad range on all these new machines to be able to troubleshoot them, get them to to be uh, tuned in or dialed in on site. Yeah, I think that uh, again, uh, when it comes to my wife, I wouldn't be here without her. Same with my friends. The reason I know how to work on some of these machines, or at least at the very minimum, diagnose some of the problems, is because I've I've went through a lot of pinball machines because I've I have a little obsessiveness where I want to play something, want to play something, and then I can't afford like some of these guys filling up a basement, so I had to sell it and buy something else. I want to play it, want to play it, sell it, buy something else. And I have uh, my best friend since kindergarten. I'm like a super loyal guy. I stick with people. So uh, my best friend since kindergarten, his name is Schmitty. He lives close to me, and we hang out several times a week. He is the handiest person I've ever met. Like He is the next hep. Like This guy, uh, he fell in love with pinball at the same time I did. So now he's restoring machines, and I always have him kind of uh, – helping me out, if you will, if I can't figure out something or I have, you know, 
buddies up in Indianapolis, uh, Bud Somerville, one of the best restorers in the country too. He's up there routing games nonstop. He's helping me. If you have a network of people that you do well by, they will do well by you. But it only it only works if you if you uh, if it's reciprocal. So I just try to treat people really really well, so that if I ever need help, uh, they're there for me. Well, and I can totally relate to that too. I and I totally agree with you. Is it's not what you know, it's who you know. You mm-hmm. can only get so far without other people's help. Um, when I was in a band and we were touring the country, uh, you could only do so much before you had to rely on other people. Yeah. And it was funny. We were in Oklahoma city one night and the guy, he, he pulls all the bands together and he says, Hey, I got two from Oklahoma, two from Utah, mix and mingle, change number or exchange numbers. And we're <laughs> like, Utah, who the crap else comes from Utah to Oklahoma. <laughs> and we met some of our good friends, the black hounds down there. And so, I mean, you can only do so much. Um, when we were having troubles trying to get bands to come to Vernal, uh, I'd call up someone that was in the business that I knew that we played shows with or something like that. And he's like, Oh Yeah. I know those guys. We, we, we partied once. I'll, I'll put in a favor. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I assume it's, it could be like that in pinball, but I, I don't, I don't call in favors. I don't have to yeah, do that, I, mean, I guess. And that when it comes to, to answer your question about fixing things, that's why it's so important to have a good relationship with the manufacturer that you distribute for. So people like Stern Pinball, Jersey Jack Pinball. Of course, every machine potentially is going to have some issues. This is like the most complex toy that a person can buy. So uh, these guys are really good. Their customer support's really good. So if you have a good relationship with them, you can call them, you can text them and figure out what's going on so that the customer gets taken care of really quick. Yeah, I, I, my, uh, my first game was Simpsons and I knew nothing about pinball. I bought it on a whim, uh, mainly for the theme. And I thought this would be fun. And I, I had this weird loud sound that happened every once in a while. And I, I had no idea what it was. And I emailed, uh, I emailed Stern and it's like, Hey, my, my game's making this weird sound. (laughs) And they said, um, yeah, that's the knocker. I'm like, Oh, Okay, but I this oh, is that's a, funny. this is a game that's been like you know it, for them it was 15 years old or, or whatever it was at the time, and uh, they still were actually responding to someone who knew nothing about pinball. So, absolutely that that uh, service side is so important on something so complex because how many times do you go, especially on location, you go to a game and you look down and the flipper's not working or the rubbers mm-hmm. are off. And no one wants to play that game. That's the bottom line. And then one of the most important reasons to have distributors in pinball, sometimes we forget the importance, is that uh, so a situation like that, if you were to buy that from a distributor and you called them and they walked you through that, that's one less thing that Stern Pinball has to stop um, and take time to deal with. The distributor would walk you through that process. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee they don't... They. Stern does not want to deal with me in the middle of Utah on how to change a rubber. They just <laughs> They're don't. happy to. I, I promise you no, that. No, I, no I know they could, but they would love it to outsource that because that you know they, you know they want to be making the games. They they would love to have you guys involved. So, That's why I love Chaz. Have you guys ever talked to Chaz over at Stern Pinball? Not yet. No. Oh, it's it's the best. Like he is the most calm. It doesn't matter what question you ask. No matter it's silly or the most complex. He he'll always pause and be like, uh, well. Let, let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, let's walk through this. And the 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 calmest composure ever. I just I love that guy. Yeah. But first step is it plugged in. I, I love the tech support. They always oh, start. Oh, gotta that. love that. Is yeah. it plug? Okay, so what was your first game when you? What? Well, one. What's the one game that you wanted when you first started getting into pinball that hooked you? 
And two, what was the first one you bought? Uh, the first one that hooked me as an adult willing to buy a pinball machine was The Wizard of Oz by Jersey Jack. I seen it at a uh, I'm a licensed psychologist, so I was at a conference in Louisville, Kentucky. Went by Zanzibar. Shout out to Zanzibar and Ants over there. Uh, I went over there to grab some lunch, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like these look like really nice pinball machines." And then I realized, "Wow! Like uh, people, they're still making these things." And it just blew me away with that 26 inch screen with all the dynamic toys and the play fields on it. And then I went and looked looked it up how much it would cost, and I thought, "Oh, well, yeah, this is a is a rich man's hobby." Mm-hmm. So I settled on a local operator was selling just a crummy old Jurassic Park by Data East. And I purchased that for uh, probably a couple hundred more than I should have. And I had to figure out how to fix pinball machines. So that's when it, that's when it all started. And right now, if you give me the choice, the option between, oh, people are going to hate this. If you gave me the option between owning a Jurassic Park Data East or a Wizard of Oz, give me the Jurassic Park. Why is that? Though? Is it pricing or what is it? No, I just enjoy Jurassic Park, uh, the way it shoots and the the play a lot better than I do Wizard of Oz. It, it seems a little bit like a different game. Um, so I, I have a Wizard of Oz and I'm actually staring at it right now. Um, and it seems more like that's the pin if you really want to get really good at it and spend 30 minutes to an hour if you're really that good and you can get over the rainbow – that's it's this journey pin, which seems to be what uh, what JJP is focusing on. They're focusing mm-hmm. on these ultra deep rule sets, these ultra deep long playing games. And if you're playing with Jurassic Park, that that's a, a Keith's a tournament guy, and so he wants a mm-hmm. game that people will put at home. But his main focus is also I want a game that is well rounded tournament play and is a lot of fun even in shorter, uh, shorter oh, yeah. increments. And I've been, I've been accused of being, uh, I've been accused of being a JJP fanboy uh, because I just, I love JJP games. Wizard of Oz might be one of the greatest games ever made. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it always kicks my butt. It always frustrates me. So uh, some of my favorite games like Willy Wonka, uh, people don't know it, but that's one of the greatest games ever made. I own that and an Ellie and I own Pirates of the Caribbean Ellie and, I play those things more than any person should play a pinball machine. So I, I love them. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually on the short list of if they ever go back to making a JJP uh, Pirates, yeah. then I, I want to get one of those because it's, it's a different game. It's, mm-hmm. it's so different. Eric did such a great job of doing something new in a genre that everybody's already felt like has been established. And really felt out like when Eric came out with that design, it really was something different. It, it was a, it wasn't a smoother flowing game. It was a, this is a, a completely different approach to what mm-hmm. would be considered a standard game. Oh, it's really nuts too. thinking that, you know, we fall into the, the pin side complaining and oh, different yeah. things like that. And, but really what we need to all consider we are in one of the golden ages, if not the golden age of pinball. We have some of the best rule sets that have come out ever in pinball. Some of the uh, the innovation and the LCD integration and the, the, the techniques in this game or in these games, it's the best out there. It's the best. We are so lucky as a hobby right now to be rocking and rolling with Stern rolling out heck four or five 
six pinball machines a year, Jersey Jack rolling them out. Chicago Gaming Company, they were like, okay, I know what you like. We're, we're just going to remake it and make it even better. American Pinball, I mean, you hear them, all these companies making pinball in 2019. I, I can't get enough. Yeah, it, it's oh, I totally agree. It's the second renaissance is really what it is. When you look at now, the difference between this renaissance and the Belly Williams renaissance of the '90s is that was descending, but now we we seem to be ascending. And so yeah. with with Belly Williams of the '90s, I mean, it was basically it was basically Guns and Roses of the hair metal bands. They were the last big hair metal band, and it was a glorious sunset. And that's what it felt like Bally Williams was in the 90s, where you could tell that things were changing and Williams was going out just because the, um, the climate was not supporting pinball. But now mm -hmm. it seems like um, there, there are room, uh, there is room, excuse me, for new games, for new things. And the market is expanding as opposed to contracting. It's, it's such an amazing time to be in pinball. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's amazing to me what is going on in the industry and it feels exciting to be in pinball. Really. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like we are, we're dying. It's, it's, I'm really excited by everything that's coming out. Oh, I totally agree. And, and like we've said before on the podcast, I mean, just think about 10, 15 years ago, <clears throat> the state of pinball was in and it's, I mean, right now it's like, if you don't like the game that's coming out from Stern, it doesn't matter because the next one's probably just going to be just as good or better. And so, <laughs> well, you, you don't have to feel like there's only one game. It's uh, this is the challenge with having uh, before it was okay. Well, there's two games a year, and, it, and that's the game that's coming out. Now it's well, I I only have the money for one of these games, and so. I have to choose which one of these great games to play. But it, it also feels that, hey, if that game's not for you, that's fine because there is another one. And basically that game that's not for you, guess what? That's for someone else. So they're, they're trying to fill all these different markets without saying, hey, I want the, you know, the, the 45-year-old guy who played it in the 90s who now has a, has a pinball room. I mean, that's still the sweet spot in the market, but the, there's so many other ways of tapping into it. Well, not only that, though, it's also like, it's like, let's let's rewind the clock like 15 years or 10 years. It's like, we're coming out with Monopoly and you're like, eh, we're coming mm -hmm. out with Roller Coaster Tycoon. Well, eh, we're coming out with, hey, that's, but that's the thing that's though. That's special now, when lit. That, that that's the special win lit documentary where I started getting excited about pinball. And then I found that on Netflix and I watched and I was like, Oh man, did I get into it at the wrong time? Cause this seems like it's going to die. Mm -hmm. It's, and if you watch that, it, it looks like the apocalypse of pinball. And, um, it's, there's another one that, that I watched right at the same time. It's called the way of the puck, which is about competitive air hockey stuff. And in many ways, I felt like really oh, competitive yeah. era hockey. Oh yeah, no, it, it's actually a really fascinating documentary, and I watched huh. it right at the same time, and it's it's super niche because the wow. the um, the amazing thing about um, pinball is that it's being driven by technology. It's like golf, right? When you're playing golf, what drives golf is Callaway, it's all these, you know, tailor-made, it's all these manufacturers who are making mm -hmm. stuff for golf and they want to get you into the new club. They want you to get into the new, you know, the new shafts, the new grips. And 
So they're actually pushing different ways of progressing the game of golf. Well, in air hockey, you buy a table and you're good. There, there, mm-hmm. There's nothing else that there are uh, like di- uh, the Dynamo company. They sold it one year and like four years later, they ended up selling it off at a huge loss just because, hey, you got a pinball or you've got an air hockey machine. The market is tapped out. You already have yeah. it. But with pinballs, oh, you know, I I have a so the things that I'm looking for is I have a Shrek and it's a fun family game. And I think, you know what? That Jurassic Park looks really fun. I maybe I'll move this the Shrek on to another yeah. to another uh, family who wants a, a good game for their pin pinball area. And guess what? I'll get the new thing. But yeah, I I highly recommend che- uh, checking out the way of the puck just because it's so hmm. different. But it's it's a different vibe than Special One Lit. When you look at Special One Lit, it starts with a graveyard of pinball machines in a field. And it ends there. And the only light in there is um, it's this small group is like, yeah, pinball's not dead. It's still people. They're enthusiasts who get together and do this. And that's why I mean, that's one of the reasons that um, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but being part of pinball media, a lot of people turn their nose. Oh, you call it media. But I'm proud to be part of that because if not, if it's not people like us that have podcasts that do promotional videos, uh, that do these events, if it's not people like us, then we're left with documentaries like that to the rest of the world. Yeah, That's why when you hear me being so abrasive when it comes to uh, production or increasing production uh, and broadcasting and competitive pinball, it's not me trying to ruffle people's feathers. It's me trying to find a, another dynamic way to get the attention of people that uh, aren't aware of pinball. So uh, sometimes I feel like I'm taking one for the team when, yeah, some of some of the ideas I have are outlandish. But if we don't if we don't rule out all of those ideas, we're going to be left with the same old stuff over and over, which we know is not uh, it's not where we're wanting it to go. Or certainly me, I want the most people to play pinball as I can find. Well, and this that's exactly what Josh Sharp said when we were on the interview. He basically said we're yep. one generation away from vanishing because. All of us, like our generation, we remember pinball on location. We remember going to the movie theater and actually yeah. having, hey, pinball machines or, hey, when I was a kid, arcades. You would go to the mall and that was your thing. You went and hang, hung out in the arcade. That was how you spent your money. Absolutely. And unless we find a new generation, like my kids know what pinball machines are because I have pinball machines. But uh, I, I guarantee anybody who is into the hobby, or at least has a significant foothold in the hobby, they always, when I tell people what I do, they always say, huh, really? And the the first question is, oh, well, do they still make those? And the second yep. question is, can I come over and play? <laughs> because they've never seen one. They've never actually seen a physical uh, pinball machine. And, and so it's just, where is that next? I, I love all the ideas of saying, where is this next, uh, next generation? The fact that we've been able to see a renaissance in the past uh, few years of barcades where people 21 and older anyway are going to location to play these games is a big deal. We also need to figure out a way of getting these under 21-year-olds to be able to be exposed to what this is. And so that's what they come back to when they get That's a little a tricky older, thing to do. Absolutely. It's a tricky thing to do because it's so, uh, there's so many options for money and time, especially in kids that it's really hard to get them. I mean, this, this sounds like I'm a, I'm a cigarette seller, 
but it, we need <laughs> to get them hooked at a young age on something like this. Yeah, I think what, that's what internet connectivity is going to be really important in the, in the next handful of years uh, to pull in that new generation that's used to playing multiplayer internet-based gaming. Uh, we can get some of those kids doing that. But at the end of the day, yeah, Josh Harp's right. You're right. Uh, 14, 15-year-olds can't afford a $5,000 to $15,000 pinball machine. So it, it's an uphill battle, but I think people like us, I'm up for the fight. I'll, I'll keep doing it until I'm blue in the face because I'm passionate about pinball. And this is something I, I've not found a hobby that I love this much in my entire life. So the one thought I have on all this, though, I think there is something that has been helping us. And I'm going to ask you this question, Zach, because I, I know how you feel about this. Uh-oh. Do you think virtual pinball has helped promote oh, physical pinball? <laughs> Uh, yes, it has. I'm no dummy. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you pick up your iPhone and you know nothing about pinball and you get a free app and you can start playing machines and you realize, oh man, that's a real machine. I can play that physically in real life. Yes. Unequivocally. Absolutely. Of course it brings people in. I've heard the stories from, I think the, uh, the Buffalo, Buffalo yeah. pinball guys yeah, yeah. told me that yeah, n- they, they got in with that. Yep. They got in through, uh, pinball arcade. It's it's a gate. So, yeah, it's uh, a gateway drug. Where where I get a little prickly uh, and turn my nose up is when people call it pinball. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That, I just it's just not pinball to me. It's a video game. Um, it's like saying, "Oh, I love driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis. They're so much fun." It's like, really? You have? Yeah. Look at look at my iPhone. I've got this game that I can drive a Lamborghini. Well, that's cute, but you're not driving a race car. That's not a race car. That's a. I get that, game. but it also sure. it helps. It helps with the barrier of that price. That price point, and so I because I w- I'm sure, kind of right in that sure. same boat. Is I wanted a pinball machine, but I didn't know where to go. And my first mm-hmm. one I really wanted was Medieval Madness. And then you get on there, you look, and you're like, this is back before CGC was even thinking about making one. <laughs> Ten thousand. Yep, you're like Ten thousand plus. You're like, I'm looking at a twelve thousand dollar machine. Going, yeah, I'm never going to mm-hmm. own this machine, and so. You're telling me there's an app on my phone. I can play it for for a buck ninety nine. I can download the table and go crazy. Sure. And what's crazy to me? Have mm-hmm. you looked at the da- just on Android alone or Apple? You looked at how many downloads there are just for the pinball apps. It's, it's unreal. It five is unreal. million mm-hmm. per mm-hmm. app. Some of them are up to ten million. Even the the new Williams app that came out for Zen Pinball is already over like a hundred thousand. It's crazy. Well, what I would love to what I would love to see though is when you click on that to play it virtually, there should be a little icon in the bottom that says, "If you want to play this in real life, here's the closest one." To oh, you. that'd be Boom. awesome! Oh, that like that, we we need more integration instead of getting people stuck behind their phone. Find a way to get people that are plugged in there to pull them out of that and let them know that this can be played with your hands five miles down the road. 20 miles down the road. I know. How, how depressing is that if someone's playing Ghostbusters on their cell phone and they're, they're loving it and they have one two blocks over at the local bowling alley, you know? <laughs> yeah, it makes me sad. That makes me sad. That's why it's important to have these location. Location pinball is very, very important, especially some of the, you know, there are some great, uh, there's some great location people and operators that keep these things just keep these things wonderfully taken care of. They, they keep them balanced. They keep them clean. They keep the parts uh, in check. The, the, those are the heroes, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to this industry in a lot of ways. Well, I totally agree. Well, and, and like here in Utah, 
I mean, we're not a pinball mecca. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was hard to. Neither is Southern Indiana, so don't feel bad. <laughs> but it, it, you know, there's a couple guys that have banded together since the beginning, and uh, they just Keto's is fantastic to us. It seems like they get the new Stern, whatever it is, it comes out. They put it down there. Um, granted, they might not do Batman sixty six or a little bit of the higher ones, but still, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to play Jurassic Park any other way. Um, mm-hmm. just, just games like that. Like I would have never played. Uh, Black Knight sort of rage if it wasn't for them. So it's it's nice for those people willing to take the risk to put the machine out on location to say, okay, I'm willing to let it get beat up, roughed up, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy not only enjoy it myself, but enjoy it with everyone else. And so. that's why leagues are so important, uh, right? We, not only do we have location pinball, but now we have a place that we can interact. You've got leagues that you can go to that you're, you show up every week. You make new friends. You have something in common. You've got competitions to go to. All of this is very, very, very important. Uh, but I still think we're missing a couple key elements to bring other people in. We're doing well. It's just if we want to strike while the iron's hot, we've got to do it now. And we got to do big things to gain general uh, worldwide attention. Well, I, I, I think in Utah – that's one thing that's been so good about us teaming up with the local gaming con because this is a this that's a group that is used to doing they're either playing board games or they're playing role playing games or they're playing like the um, the LARPing or, or whatever it's mm-hmm. those people are like hey I want to do something and so we were able to over the last couple of years really put a, a footprint in when people come over and they wander over from these other things they're like, Oh yeah, well, this is cool. Look, look at all these people brought these pinball machines. And th- that has certainly opened the doors for people saying, Hey, that that's a new thing. I, I like that. Well, it's also helped too. They've put us front and center too. So <laughs> yeah, they, they've been promoting it, which is, uh, we went from a, uh, from in the corner for a couple of people bringing some machines to really a, a promotable event. Yep. Yeah. Uh, other people will call some of my rhetoric uh, grandiose. They might say, we don't even want this. Like, why does he keep saying this kind of stuff? We we don't even want this. So there, I mean, there's another area in the industry that doesn't mind if it grows. They don't care. They like that it's small. Uh, they like that they have a few friends in it. They don't want it to get overexposed and too big because then it loses uh, some of the, um, some of the, the magic about it. So we can't make everybody happy, but my, you know, my aim is to make it as big as I can with my big old mouth uh, and my big old presence. Well, my personal opinion, I think we're past the point of of hiding it under the the bushel. If you if you would say that term, just because mm-hmm. with Disney investing into pinball machines with their themes, we've seen more and more and more pinball machines cropping up in Disney movies. I mean, oh yeah, they're not themed machines, but I mean. The toys in Toy Story 4 lived in a pinball machine. Captain Marvel, they had space invaders up on the the scroll the scroll ship, and uh, mm-hmm. they I mean they destroyed it was front and center. I mean you know what I'm saying like they even had a little girl walk over and point it out. And I think I think it helps to uh, drive their business because they want you to buy the Guardians of the Galaxy. They want you to buy you know whatever Disney themed products that they've licensed, but. The only thing that I have a problem with right now, it's a good point you bring up, Josh, but the only issue is that when the outside uh, when the outside public thinks of pinball, what's the first thing they think of? The Who. Okay. Pinball Wizard. Yeah. No, wh- when was The Who hot? 
Yeah, I know. 1978. Yeah, they, that's the problem. Whenever Toy Story, it is on Toy Story. It's nostalgic. Yeah. It's just it's a retro. old. Yes, it's, it's, it's in an antique shop. So every time we see a commercial that debuts a pinball machine, it's always bells, it's chimes, it's uh, it's EMs. So what I would like to see us as uh, an industry to, to do is to really push that this is a physical video game. Like this has as much rules as a video game, but it's actually physics here. Like you, this is a sport and a video game all at once. No longer are there bells and chimes. This is a big 27-inch TV screen with a wizard mode that is so hard to attain that it's like that final mode on your favorite RPG or your favorite first-person shooter. That's, I think, what we need to be pushing um, to the masses more than just, yeah, they still make pinball machines. They were hot back in the 60s and 70s. We need to kill that idea. I was going to say, I think that's what was so easy for me to transition from video games to pinball machines is because... I'm really into like Assassin's Creed. Love, love Legend of Zelda. Those non-linear games where I can do whatever I want. I can explore the machine or the game itself. You can do that with a lot of pinball machines. If I do this, I get this in return. This is my reward. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't hard for me to to transition. And I I do agree with you. I think we need there's there's bigger markets we could tap into. And I, th- I think that's why it's so important for like like dead flip what he's doing going out to TwitchCon and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yes. Because we're getting in front of the, I think the most, the audience that would more than likely accept, Hey, we need to start doing this. And what's important about Jack danger over at dead flip too, is he's offering something that I've, I I'm really big on. And whenever you're selling a product um, and you're and those are your margins, you're making money off of that product. You're, you're, if you're doing it right, you're never selling the product. You never are. Yep. Uh, I'm not selling a Guardians of the Galaxy pinball machine. I'm selling the association of what you feel when you have that, when you own that, when you reach that wizard mode. That's what Jack Danger at Dead Flip does. He is iconic in that he is a character. You're signing up to be part of his team because he is a pinball player. So I love movements like that where we got Jack Danger going across the world or he's pitching new show ideas. I think that is what those are the kind of things that pinball really, really needs. They're going to buy Jack Danger because they want to be what he is and what he represents more so than the pinball machine he's playing. You get them sold on Jack Danger, they start buying pinball machines because they want to be part of what he's a part of. Yeah, the the biggest thing that will transition from the the retro nostalgia is the uh, the new screens that are in there. I'm so impressed with... It's a big thing, yeah. Yeah, with the way that Stern has integrated a quick tutorial. Hey, put coins here. Hey, push this button. Hey, this is how you do it. Because a lot of people don't understand even how to start a pinball machine Mm -hmm. anymore. It's almost that you have to put the money in and have it auto launch because they don't even know how to launch the ball, which is so crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. That's yeah. That's why they put that lockdown bar uh, button on there. A lot of times it's flashing and and kids want to hit it. Push here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, that was the thing that, I felt um, when I played Sword of Rage the first time, I thought, this feels like a video game. Mm-hmm. And this will be easily identifiable for any young person to come up and say, oh, I do this, I battle a monster. Okay, I got it. Yeah, now, uh, Roop, a question. When you're playing, you said you, you wanted to play... Um what did you say? The Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So when you go and you wanted to play Assassin's Creed and you fell in love with that, what are you, what are you playing for? 
Like, well, what's the what's the purpose? What do you enjoy about that game? What keeps you coming back? So the the joke with gamers is is we're completists. We have to complete mm-hmm. everything in the game. And mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed gives you that. There's like a lot of climb to this point. It's really stupid, frivolous stuff. Like climb this chapel and we'll count it off your 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 guidebook of, hey, you climbed here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Achievements. Yeah, it was achievements. It was upgrades, if you will. It was exploring the story. It was uh it was just exploring the game. That's the nice part about Assassin's Creed. Or like Legend of Zelda is my all-time favorite. So that's mm-hmm. I just I, I remember you guys talking about that. I, I love finding something and then sharing that with other people. Oh, you, you can't find nope. this? This is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? And then what you guys like Mario too, right? Oh yeah. Love it. That would be a that would be a take my money now if they had mm-hmm. a a Zelda game or a Mario game because it is perfect for what I'm looking for. And I, I know this is a little niche because it's just it's what a 45 year old guy with kids is interested in. But my kids, if they saw a pinball machine that was Mario themed, that would be an <laughs> L.E. by today. But what do you play in Mario for? Scott, because it's what are you it, trying it, to do? What do you what 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 do you enjoy about that game? Do you know what my kids just love the the excitement, the feeling like, hey, Mario's doing this, and it's it's that connection to that world, that theme, which is why mm-hmm. having a theme pinball machine is so important because you're identified with something. I, there's the reason why Lord of the Rings is such a great pinball machine is because you are buying that. I am getting involved in the storyline. Absolutely. And, and it's the same thing. I mean, Mario, it's fun. It's really, it's just these small interactions. And, you know, we, we, we play Mario Kart. We play the, the Super Mario Maker and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And my kids love doing that. And they play the Mario Odyssey just because it is this, it's this Pixar-esque world that you are interacting with. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And when I when I tell people that uh, I use Mario oftentimes as an example to prove a point in that you're trying to rescue the princess, you're trying to defeat yeah. the levels, you're trying to beat Bowser. Now, what people never say is, "I play Mario to see how many coins I can collect." Yeah, no, and whenever, whenever, yeah, exactly. Whenever people bust my chops because I get it all the time, you guys about. Oh, he's not a tournament player. He he says he's chasing the magic. He's trying to get through modes. We're trying to win. Tur- we're trying to chase points. I equate it to that. I think to sell pinball to the masses, we need to sell it as storytelling, as completing wizard modes, as completing different challenges, as collecting things, as sharing things. That's why sometimes people take me negatively because they think, uh, why, do, why don't you care about points? Why don't you care about competition? Because I'm trying to expand pinball and I think it's somewhere else. I don't necessarily think it's stuck chasing points sometimes. I, I am, uh, I am 100% with you on this because when Ooh. I play a game, uh, no, I am 100% on this because when I play a game, I, I literally don't care about the points. I, exactly. I, I really don't because what I want to do is, so I had a, uh, I had a buddy who came over actually, this was not uh, an interesting story. A guy messaged me on, um, he messaged me on Pinside and said, Hey, I'm going to be at BYU recruiting for mm-hmm. my, you know, for my job. Is there any pinball around? And I said, well, there's, you know, I, I, I told him about Keto's. I told him about some local things. And I said, you can even just come over to my house if you want. And so he came over and the funny thing is I assumed that he knew me by stumbling on the podcast or something. Mm-hmm. He had no, he had no idea who I was. 
I, I, I just asked him, he's like, oh, well, wow. I, I just started. And, and, and again, that's not me saying that I'm, I'm, I'm famous or I'm anybody, but I just assumed when someone messages me, it's because they have, you know, and he's actually from your area. Uh, I, I assume that it was because he had listened to us and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll be out in Utah because we talk about Utah all the time. And mm-hmm. so he had, he had no clue. And so he came out and he played the game. And so I just started playing, um, uh, I just started playing uh, the Stern Pirates game and I, and I yeah. was explaining the rules to him and I said, okay, there is a hearts multi-ball. It's a heart multi-ball. I have never got it because oh, it's, yeah, I'm already it's, entertained. I'm ready. I'm ready to try to get there. Yeah. It's a really hard multi-ball just because it's a death shot. It's between two stand-up targets and yep. And and I've had the game for a few years, really. And I and so he said, huh, that's interesting. So I started playing with him and we got heart multiball. Like I got it. And I thought I've had the game for a few years and I've actually never got that. And mm-hmm. so that's where I said, that's fun. So here's one question I have. Well, by the way, I'm going to give this guy a shout out because we're going to have him on. Um, yeah, his name is uh, his name is Brad Hunter. And what he hey, does. I know, I know Brad Hunter. You know Brad Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Shout yeah. out to Brad. Shout out to Brad. Yeah. And he actually, uh, so when we started talking, I was like, yeah, I I interact with all those guys, uh, uh, with all the guys in your area. Mm-hmm. And so Brad, so what Brad does is Brad makes these awesome light up signs for translites. And he said, hey, um, I'll get you one. Uh, I'll get you one. You can give it away on the, on the show. And I was like, you know, I'd like to have you on. We'll talk about, you know, how you got into doing these these kitsch things for the sport. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so it was fun for him to come over and we just met and, and he, yeah, he, he mentioned he knows you and he knows all, all the guys out there, Yeah. but it was, it was achievement based. So what I'm wondering is, is there a way of programming that in the game where you can have the score because the score is obviously going to be what tournament players are shooting for, but and it's you important. Can, the score is no, important. absolutely. It's, it's absolutely a differentiator. Important. It's important. Well, it is a differentiator because uh, if there's uh, th- that's one of the reasons why Keith uh, Elwin's games are so great is because mm-hmm. he's a tournament player and he knows, hey, if there's one shot that's worth 50 billion points and everything else is worth 100 points, it's a one shot game. And mm-hmm. so he knows how to spread it around and say, look, I want to make sure everything is, is worth it. But if you have a way of saying, hey, here's your score, by the way. This is how close you got to the wizard mode. These are the shots away. And so if you have a way of actually saying like two ways of, uh, of uh, gauging how far you got in the game. Yeah, and I think so, it's, so, I think it's fantastic. And I think that that's why we're seeing there being a little bit of an increase in popularity of pinball. It's because the, the coding is so much more dynamic than it was back in the nineties, back in the eighties, mm-hmm. or even, even further back is because we are now telling stories. We have the innovation, the technology, uh, the LCD screen work, the animation to tell stories like we've never been able to tell before. We have the assets that we can get from these feature length films and these big old blockbuster license that pull somebody in and then they want this game in their game room or they want it in their basement because they want to see what it's like whenever you get to destroy that witch on wizard of oz or they're chasing what it's like to save xandar or wonder what happens if you defeat all the monsters to actually get to the castle to fight the black knight 
that's, I think, what pulls people in that don't know much about pinball. And that's why people are always, you know, saying, oh, you're, you're, you get too caught up on multipliers and stuff, because I think it diverts the attention away from the sport and the physicality and the physics of what pinball uh, is and why pinball people love it so much. This keeps coming back to my mind. You guys are talking about this and it just, I wish this was able to stay around and someone needs to pick this back up and do it again. But did either one of you ever watch pinball done quick? Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard about it, but I know it was basically the timed achievements, right? Correct. So it was, it was basically, I'm going to see it was, it was a speed run on a pinball machine. That, correct. Like the, the, the gamer equivalent is how quickly can I get to the end? I don't care how many things I get. Um, I don't care how many, uh, whatever. Uh, I just want to make sure that I get, I'm Mario and I get to the end in five minutes. That, that's all you care about. And you can go see these old videos on YouTube. There's one that blows my mind. Uh, Tim Sexton and Steve Bowden did the commentary, which was perfect, but they weren't mm-hmm. talking about score. They were talking about, uh, I can't remember who was playing the pinball machine, but they were playing Stern Star Trek. And mm-hmm. the objective was to get to five year mission. And the guy does it in 45 minutes. And it's just, oh, wow. it's mind boggling. Cause you sit there and they're like, okay, he, he's got this option, this option. And it's just, like I've, I could never see five year mission on my, I owned that game for over a year and got frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so I would never get to the end of that, but well, it's games, like Valinor, you're not going to get to Valinor unless you are a, a 2% player. Mm-hmm. Well, but or I you think, take the glass off. I think if you, if you went from that approach, like I said, pinball, pinball done quick needs to come back because if well, we they're st- doing the Stern's doing uh, stuff like that already at uh, their Stern uh, pro circuits, I believe mm-hmm. where they'll sit two machines beside each other. And when you press go, you have to attain one goal. And once that goal is attained, boom, you get your point onto the next task kind of thing. Yeah. So they are doing that. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they are doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if we got more of that and hyped it more, like you said, I think people, when you start, bringing in math with the score people kind of oh but you know you you say hey this is the objective it's freaking hard they've got to do 15 objectives to get to this final objective mm-hmm. let's see if they can do it you know what i'm saying it's good good discussion it emphasizes the code in the game because people when i get to a game i want to see the game i want to see the wizard mode i want to get all those achievements, I don't really care too much about the points. And that will allow people who are more into the modern players, I guess, who are more into that achievement base that you were talking about, completing a game. Uh, That's the big frustration I have with a lot of tournament approaches for games is because in Twilight Zone and tournaments, and and this is what Josh Sharp has talked about, like he has a love-hate relationship with uh, Twilight Zone because he loves it. But really in a tournament setting, it's a three-shot game. It's a hard three-shot game, but uh, if you if you, no one's ever going to get to in the in the zone in a tournament setting because you have to do the entire game, and it in the tournament setting really undervalues the entire game element of something because it just focuses on the score. So if there's two ways of giving you a score, hey, here's your high score, great. Hey, by the way, here's the percentage of the game you saw. That would be a Stern and JJP and everybody else. That is a pro tip. Just take that and run with it. I'm not trademarking that idea. Just go ahead and figure out ways of putting achievements at the end of the game so people can shoot for that. 
I think we're going to see that with internet connectivity. And I think that we're getting the best of both worlds when we have coders like Lyman Sheets, when we have coders like Keith Johnson, Dwight Sullivan. We are getting closer and closer to that. But what have we seen, you guys? We have seen it's no longer a one-person job. These yep. are teams of developers oh, and coders. Yes. Now, that's what sells pinball machines more so than maybe up there with theme, like code is so important. A machine can be made or broken by the code. And that's uh, hopefully they continue to progress and we see coders continue to put more and more and more. And maybe even an apprenticeship, like we need somebody following around Lyman Sheets. Lyman Sheets ain't going to be able to do this forever, but his Mm. mind is so unique to what makes pinball fantastic, both for the beginner and for the most competitive player, somebody follow around Keith Elwin, somebody follow around Dwight Sullivan. They're not going to be doing it forever. I, th- I think Keith Elwin's definitely the one that's uh, stepping up to the plate right now. And, and yeah, he's one of our new guys. Yeah. He's meeting those expectations. So uh, let's, let's move on. I think we've, we got me all fired yeah, up. I love it. Yeah. But that's what we love too, man. So really, honestly, um, if you want to hear about the news, we're, we're going to kind of skip over the news this week and just refer you to This Week in Pinball because they do the top five and they do fantastic at it. And you get to listen yeah. to Zach, too. So, Oh, thanks for the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Um, the one thing, though, I, I do want to mention news-wise that um, maybe no one's talking about it because the pod, it came out on Tuesday, but the gentleman that made Matt Hardy's Expedition of Gold just teased us with a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my goodness! I want this. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's the movie I love. That's I grew up on it, which I probably shouldn't have. Hard not to love that movie. Oh, it's so Kay. good. Okay, did I did I tell you the time when my dad took us us there for a uh, a family evening movie? So we took all seven kids. We sit down and we get ten minutes into it, and the line where he says, "I'm not saying Cameron is tight, but if you take a lump of coal," and that's when he, that's when he stood up walked out of the theater and grabbed me (laughs) and we're done here and we're done the funny thing is i actually have a love-hate relationship with ferris bueller's day off because all those iconic game all those iconic movies from the 80s that we loved as kids you look at them from a different light as an adult now absolutely and and you i you look at breakfast club and you thought man (laughs) those kids are so deep and now i look at it as like i actually identify with the principal a lot more than i do with any of those kids (laughs) Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The guy's a little jerk. Like he's a he's he is a he's a guy that you really want to get caught because he is <laughs> he's such a little brat. But, but for it, one day, he's a guy know, you want to be. He's a legend. He's you, a legend. You want to be him. Yeah, I I love the the alternative interpretation though when they say, "What if Ferris is a figment of Cameron's imagination, like his alter ego?" Like he is not that guy, but he wants to be. Cause if you look at it, he's actually, hang- uh, Cameron's hanging out with Sloan most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, g- getting back. So you want a Ferris Bueller's day off machine. That's what you want. Yes. I would take one in a heartbeat. I really would. It, you know, which, you, come on, Josh, you know, the right answer when he asked you that is, Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. would be the, that would be the bonus multi-ball. That would be the LE multi-ball that you only get on that. The, you want the storm you want a, Ferrari multi ball? Do you want a gummy bear? They've been in my pocket all day long. They're soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's oh. so great, so great. I'm and sorry. you know that guy that did that that Matt Hardy game? 
he he redid the entire game. I oh, mean, yeah. the oh, plastics, man. the animation, the sounds. That is a new pinball machine. And I, you know, the theme does nothing for me, but that was quite impressive. So when I saw this on Twip this week, I was really excited because that that is something that I could get behind. Oh, I totally yeah, agree. That, and that's why I'm excited for it. It's just after seeing Matt Hardy, I'm like, I want to see what else this guy can do. So. Yeah, that, that guy needs to be hired by Stern or JJP tonight. Mm-hmm. Why not Suncoast? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Salt and wounds, man. Salt and wounds. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Oh, they've done nothing. You know what? It's like, what kick on Dutch pinball. If you're going to oh, kick okay, on someone sorry. right now, kick on them. Okay, I'll, I'll kick on Dutch um, pinball then. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. Don't kick on anybody, but yeah. No, anyway. I'll kick on uh, Skip B. How about that? Because I really there want the Mythbusters pinball machine. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that Predator machine looked pretty not, oh. nice, though. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So – if you've if you've listened to our show before, we've only done this once before when we had Martin from Head to Head on, but we're gonna do it again. We're doing segment still. Oh, I, sh- I should have had some dramatic music here, but I do not. But instead of me doing my whole tongue thing that sounded terrible last time, I actually got a prize <laughs> wheel for this. So you ready for this? We're gonna spin this prize wheel. Here we go. Come on, green. Ooh, uh, media market trends. I thought we were going to take that off. So, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely I'm going to, I'm going to move it one. And, uh, yeah, it looks like we landed on entering the pimp all subconscious. Hey, look at that. Ooh, one of okay. your, your twip ones. Hey, look at that. I know that one. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Let's start the now, music. Are so, you can... gonna, so I'm going to do this. Yes. You're going to do this. So Scott, are you familiar? Oh, geez. I'm going to explain this to Scott because I don't know if Scott's familiar with this or our audience. But the way it works is um, we're going to ask Zach questions. And maybe he'll even ask one back to us. I don't know. But we're going to ask him questions and he's got to give us the first answer that comes to his mind. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. He's just he's got to blurt it out and then we all get a good chuckle out of it. So Hmm. sound good? All right. Bring it on. Bring it on. Sounds like it's going to be really tough, but I'll I'll do it. All right. All right. Here we go. Hey, there's the music. There it is. Ah. All righty, I feel Zach. like I'm home. This feels good. Well, describe the couch to us since we're at your house. Uh, we call it a Shays, Shays Lounge. Um, it's uh, it's it's upholstered. Uh, it's got Ooh. those little buttons in it. Nice. And uh, it's not leather. It's a nice cloth. Feels good. I like it. All right. It's cool, well, too. Like you flip your, <laughs> flip your pillow over. You got a little cool area not too hot all right whisper now to me josh all right i'm gonna i'm gonna whisper to you (laughs) is is that background music a little too loud just so you know it sounds a little loud (laughs) we want the ambiance okay all right all right i'll I'll, I'll take care of it don't you worry about it. making me anxious now all right okay go ahead okay okay so here we go zach you ready oh god yeah right elvira's house of horrors is uh, an Ellie model that I wanted to buy, but they sold out. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Alrighty. Uh, hey, I lost my music. Hold on. Hold on. Ah, there we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to lose that now. Right. My favorite Twippy is. The favorite Twippy go, 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 is. Go, 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 go. That's code. Code? Who, yeah. who, won co- who won code last year? Uh, last year, code, I believe, was. Keith Elwin and Rick Nagel's Iron Maiden. Ah, I think. Yes. 
Yeah. I think so. Yeah, too. it was. It it it, uh, it beat out uh, JJ I, Pirates of the Caribbean. But yeah. man, that that had to have been a tough boat. Oh, I didn't know what you said when you meant like Twippy. I was like, uh, I don't know what he means. Uh, <laughs> go with code. That's not even true. That's my favorite, but uh, we'll go with it. All right, all right. Uh, okay, what is your favorite follow question for for two hundred, <laughs> Alex? Uh, absolutely, my favorite Twippy is without a doubt best youtube pinball show because uh greg and i from straight down the middle have won it twice in a row hey you're up there with the very limited few my friend yeah jack danger yeah all righty all right okay here comes the next one right all right okay market trends is the greatest pinball segment in podcast Ooh. you know i i actually do correct right yeah well i do enjoy it so (laughs) Where, where's Creasel? Creasel? Are you, are you, oh. uh, no, he's busy. He's busy screen printing T-shirts. Hopefully, oh. we can we can sell some T-shirts on that. All right, straight down the middle is uh, a show I do with my best friend, and it's changed my life. Nice. When I think of Jurassic Park, I think of movie clips. Coco. Ooh, okay. And here's the last one. When I listen to the Loser Kid Pinball podcast, I think... Eric Manier and Keith Elwin. Very nice. I like it. I like it. Woo! I don't like being in that seat. <laughs> mm. I, like, uh, I like standing with my notepad right behind making the person nervous when I say the beginnings of a sentence. I should have brought my notepad and wrote down so we could go back over these because uh, you said we, we kind of went over them while we were going through them, but... Um, so you, that's what you think of. Is that's all true, right? Then, so House of Horrors. Would, yeah, that was true. I mean, that that's a game that I am so looking forward to. Uh, anytime a pinball machine comes out, a brand new one, you get the the wave, right? The the typical yeah. wave of oh my god, I have to have it. I love Alvira, and then oh my god, why why isn't there anything in there? And then oh, but there's Max, and that's cool. Does it shoot it in the trunk? Oh no, it doesn't shoot it in the trunk. We hate this game. Oh, we hate it so much that everything's sold out and we can't get it. Uh, so, it, so yes, I want to play this game. It's Lime and Sheets. It's Elvira. It's Dennis Nordman. It's oh, art yes. by Greg Freer. It's like, what's there to complain about? This thing looks unbelievable. The price, okay. Yeah, it's a little pricey. It's pinball. Oh, I agree. Okay. And then we went on to Twippy, you, uh, your favorite Twippy, which you said was code. Mm-hmm. Is that, well, and then you said it was not because your favorite Honestly, Twippy Honestly, like... What I would want to say is I think the the Twippy Awards, and this is egotistical, bear with it, but I think it's game-changing for this industry. Uh, the first year we did it seemed like a joke. Greg and I were in a basement with bow ties and tuxes on. Um, and then the second year, even, even poor Ed at TPF that runs TPF, he didn't put a lot of weight into it. Sorry, Ed. Uh, and there was support there, but it wasn't support uh, that we thought it, w- that it was warranted. And then whenever we started that main video and there was three to 400 people standing room only, and they seen what our vision was and all the hard work, I think it changed things for our industry. And now we have manufacturers that are promoting their wins. Um, They're looking forward to the acceptance speeches. So I, I, we just want to keep growing pinball. So Twippies in general is just one of the greatest things that I'm a part of in pinball. Well, and 
to go back what you said, I totally forgot the first year you guys just did it on straight down the middle. Yeah, and you just did yeah. the bow ties and stuff because last year was so pivotal in my mind because I didn't get to go to Texas Pinball Festival. We mm-hmm. ended up watching it from the computer and it just looks so professional. It looked like an award show. And so the year before, I kind of just totally forgot because you guys set the standards higher. Yeah. And uh, like people always tease me and like, oh, you're the hardest working. No, it's the thing I said before. It takes everyone like the, the Twippies would not have worked if it wasn't for Joel Reeves. that was doing the transitional audio from people going up on stage and back and forth. The IT guy, uh, the announcer that we hired to do. There's so many people, Jeff Patterson, Greg Bone. There's so many people that helped out with that, uh, that I hope that it just keeps growing each and every year. So it's not me. It's not just Jeff Patterson. It's, it's a team. It's a whole group of people. Oh yeah. And I, and I've, I've actually handed, uh, not handed out. I've, I've talked to Jeff about some ideas of, of improvement and something that would be cool to see. Awesome. Added on Thank to that. you. And so you, Thank you so much. That's the only way you grow this, right? Um, who I was listening to a gentleman. He said, the problem with the room of all yes men is no one ever uh, evolves and grows. And so Absolutely. I need people to think. So, Alrighty. You said Mark and Trends is the best segment on pinball media right now. <laughs> I truly think that is, uh, I think that's correct. And that's me, but I'm, I'm bold. And I think it's, I, I would love to hear another segment that a pinball podcaster is doing that's better. Okay. Give us a, give us a hot tip. If someone wants to buy something before it explodes, what do they get? What do you mean? Like right now, what's, what's the hot thing you should buy, buy, buy right now? What's the hot thing? You're like, you should buy this before it goes up in value. I said, I said it two weeks ago and it was Ghostbusters. I estimated it draining up and right now. Uh, it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more to buy a Ghostbusters Pro Premium or LE than it did six months ago. Totally yeah. agree. I used to love that segment till uh, I really pissed off Christopher Franchi <laughs> by saying, "How, how months, did you make him mad?" Because we were doing oh, that flipping uh, out yeah. pod, or the flipping out stream, and I was like, "We did the the market trends live," and I was like, "Monsters, it's in the toilet." <laughs> and Franchi oh. calls up and he's like, <laughs> "Loser kid, I'm going to kick you." <laughs> wow. No, he, he's and he, as bold as they come. Yeah. I know, yeah. and he he it, you know he's a big teddy bear, so you, you got to get his hip yep. humor to know he was just messing with me. But absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but no, I think there's a lot of people that are doing good podcasts now. That's evolving too. You've got yep. you guys, special one list, slap save. There's so many of them, so many good ones. And look, I'm going to be honest. There's some stinkers out there. It's just the way it is. I, I, I wish ever everyone was really good at this, but some of them are stinkers, and that just gives them motivation. Uh, to step it up a little bit, but there's some great podcasts, great segments. It's just, I'm doing what I'm doing. Cause I think it's the best one. Yep. I, I, I like it just because it gives everybody a niche. Yeah. And, and we know that we, Hey, I love it when people say, Hey, we listened to you and we really liked it. But I also know that our style may not be your style. And so mm-hmm. the beautiful part is, it's just like having so many options out there in pinball right now. There's also so many options for entertainment. And so yes, if yeah. we're not your style, go find someone who is, because I guarantee it's out there. Everybody finds their own tone and so, we all yeah. support one another for the most part. Uh, everybody finds their own tone and that's what works for them. And I'm like you said before, you know, you've got it. You've got to intermingle with everyone else. I think mm-hmm. that, um, we are all different flavors. And so that's what makes all of the pinball podcast great because if you don't like my style, you know, we always recommend who we like on top of that. I mean, I Absolutely. mean, special when lit the professionalism that's there, it's crazy. They're killing it. They're oh, they're killing, killing it. it. And I couldn't even imagine to do what they do. 
and the, but the, the tone is so much different than yes. your show, our show. And mm-hmm. it's just uh, my, my show is a reflection of who I am. I, I, a lot of people can do this just for fun. They say, Oh, I'm just, we're just a couple of buddies recording. That's great for me. My personality will not allow that. If I'm doing something and I don't think that I'm doing it as well as I could be, then I'm failing myself. So I'm, I'm always trying to be bold and trying to do something new where that wouldn't work for somebody else. And I think you hit it right on the head. I think at least for Scott and I, we're doing this as a reflection of our personality as well. That's why we're family friendly. That's why, you know, we want our kids relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, moving on straight down the middle is a show that you do with your best friend, Greg bone. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Congratulations on a hundred episodes. That is fantastic. So I, I do Thanks have to so pick a bone with you for a second, though. Okay. Pick, okay. pick a bone. Did you really go there? I know. That's uh, good. That was nicely yeah, yeah. done. So I'm watching the 100th episode, and it gets you're like, oh, let's listen to our friends from the pinball media. And you go through all <laughs> these people. I knew you were going to go there. And <laughs> we get to the end of it. I'm like, oh, I guess that's not a big deal. I mean, our, yeah. our video wasn't. I mean, the, the poor man's pinball podcast was hilarious <laughs> on there. I was like, well, maybe it's just because mine was just so short. You know, it was only like 10 no, seconds long. You know what that is? That was me making a mistake. And that was me uh, for probably that among three or four other things that I made a mistake on in that video is what keeps me up at night and what makes me <laughs> double check it. Yeah, I, I was hoping you didn't notice that. But yes, uh, I even told Greg once I watched it for like the fourth time, I'm like, Oh crap, man! Did you not? I I freaking I didn't put them in the media. Th- I don't know what happened. And uh, he was like, Zach, really? What? No. And he's what, he's yeah, the, he's the balancer yeah, he, he's for like, me. Really? Are you worried about these guys? Because they're really not doing anything. No, it's just he knows he knows how much I get into the stuff, and he's always trying to calm me down and like level me. That's why he's my best friend. And he's like, Zach, those guys don't care. They know that it, you didn't do that on purpose. I'm like, yeah, but I need to email so. I'm a, I'm a bit neurotic, guys. You're you're totally fine. Yeah. No, what what made me laugh though is like, well, it's just a short clip. They probably put like there was probably a ton of like just short clips they put at the end, and that's what it was, and it didn't bother me. But then you're like, w- there's so many people there, we we can't remember them all, and then you start like naming everyone. I'm like, oh, cool, he's gonna say something. And I was like, oh, dude, he didn't even say our name. What? <laughs> that's because <laughs> I, yeah, I totally messed up the editing process. Yeah, so no, and you're totally. Good. I'm trying to think what other mistake. Um, somebody sent me a video, but I had it in my phone, but I didn't upload it to my computer for edit. And I missed out totally that those kind of things just kill me. They kill me. I, I'm a perfectionist. I hate No, that. you're, you're totally fine, man. It's, it's, it really isn't that big of a deal, but <laughs> I felt bad because I, I sent in this video of, we were moving out of the house at that time. And so my oh, house really? is bare. That's why like, it's just my face. And I'm just like, congratulating you guys. And I'm looking at all these videos and everyone has their pinball machines behind them. I'm like, Oh crap. There must've been like some kind of we got to show off our collection, but I was. No, it wasn't about that, man. You you sending a video <laughs> means the world to Greg and I, because we've not got a lot of time to hang out. You and I have never really met in person and stuff. And uh, something like that, just knowing that you support what we're doing, even though you don't know us, know us um, yet. Uh, that's fantastic, man. That, that That's what keeps us going. Oh, yeah. So, so thank no, you. I just wanted to give you a little crap since. Oh, Since I absolutely. Could. <laughs> you should. You definitely. I would be upset if you didn't. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're not upset now. So No, no, no. <laughs> All still, right, move. I still won't forget it, but <laughs> <laughs> moving down our list, when I think Jurassic Park, I think 
did you? I, I can't remember. I what said you movie clips. Oh yes, that's ah oh, god, that's like the yeah. hot thing. Oh, do we have the movie clip? So that's that's where my mind was. Okay, um, the only thing I could think of if you got movie clips, I I really don't need to see Jeff Goldblum shirtless, kind of reclining on my pinball machine. Um, can I just kind of tell you a secret? I do. Oh, <laughs> I, I really nice. do. Did you, did you actually see the side, the sideshow thing that someone said, Oh, this is totally a topper. It's him reclining like shirtless. Yeah. How great is that? Yeah. I'd be, that would be awesome. But yeah, Dude, that, that just reminds me of Jeff Parsons on, on your guys's episode of 100. <laughs> like here's yeah. my, my desktop screen or my desktop background and it's Greg all reclined with the shirt open. Oh man. He's like, okay, people but- around here really don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, some people don't get our humor. Yeah. Yeah. However, that video of you delivering that machine to Greg was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was, yeah, uh, no, that no, was a I, lot of fun. I watched that and I, I saw people sharing that. I'm like, you got to check this out. This is awesome. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that we think if we can just tap into somebody that's not into pinball, maybe that makes them want to play a pinball machine. Yep. Yeah. Greg looked like a freaking five-year-old on Christmas morning when <laughs> that, that thing totally turned on. And every, oh yeah. my goodness, that was his reaction because I, I made him go upstairs. I was like, "All right, it's all set up, but before I turn it on, I'm, I've got to change some of the settings. I got to get the sound right. I got to turn off all the lights. I want to. I want to see your reaction." That was it. The audience got to see it. That's per. It was perfect. It was no better reaction I've seen He's ever. Still so. in love with that thing. He probably uh. plays twenty times a day. Well, even on I, your guys' review, would. it looked like every time he, he reached around just to rub it gently to make sure it was still <laughs> there. Yeah. It's like, I've got a bash on this thing. I've got to give my personal yeah. review. <laughs> he's probably already waxed it four or five yeah. times. He's already changed yeah. out rubber. It's like, dude, dude, come on now. And he's getting a premium. Like He loves that thing so much that yeah. he just wanted to get a pro until the premiums came out. That's, yeah, that's, awesome. a, that's actually a smart move. That's a smart move. I've, <laughs> I've thought about that. He's Cameron's dad off of Ferris Bueller's. He wipes it every day with a diaper and whispers it to yeah. him. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's him. That's he him. plays. He plays with white gloves. Yep. All right, and the last one. When I listen to Loser Kid Pinball podcast, I think of you said Keith Elwin and Eric Minier. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah, those so. are that, when I associate myself with you guys. Have a just a very nice style. I, I know that you guys believe one another. You're friendly. It's just relaxed and it's really nice. And I think that's why you're seeing manufacturers, uh, some of the employees lend themselves to your shows as guests because they know that you're going to be respectful. They know that it's a family friendly show. It's the same with like special when lit. Uh, sometimes they get grief for being too safe, this and that. And uh, no, it's just because they're really good people and they're respectful people and that will pay off as it always should. The funny thing is we're still, we still can be critical we're, we still say yeah, what we're thinking, but it's, you know, it just depends on the, the style and the vibe, but yeah, I, I don't want people to, to want to throw cocktail, Molotov cocktails at us. So well, one of my favorite episodes that you guys did, and I'm, uh, I feel so bad for blanking on the guest, but, uh, when you were talking about dream themes and you were talking about the legend of Zelda and Mario, who was that? Who was the guest that you had on? And, and, and I was yelling at you guys cause you guys had some horrible ideas. Um, oh, on, oh, on oh, the oh, that, dream that was the, that was the Aquabats episode. Oh, no, that was, God, no, that, that was wasn't. the Aquabats that was like uh, the follow-up to Aquabats. Oh, jeez! When, it was when the Josh said Aquabats, sure. I was like, "Oh my goodness, what are you?" I didn't even know what that? it was. I had to look it up. Yeah. I was like, "What is Aquabats?" Okay, but hey, by the way, Josh, the the Aquabats are coming to Utah. I saw. So yes, just, you know. November 9th. So anywho, that that's totally off subject. No, you were the, 
If you really want to get Dennis riled on on this week in pinball, tell him you I want do. an Aquabat. <laughs> tell him you want an Aquabats pinball oh, yeah. machine. Yeah, no, okay. no. D- Dennis, Dennis launched a flamethrower, a, a a a creative flamethrower at us, but it's yeah. only the Creasel can. Oh, yeah. dude. It, it, it sunk my little battleship. That's for sure. <laughs> Actually, the be- the best part about it is it just vindicated everything I was saying. <laughs> well, my Dennis Creasel. My opinion of his opinion kind of went down a couple notches from there. Oh but, man, good. Shot room fired. over here at Team Zach for you. Shots yep. fired. Yeah, you'll have to be like now. My follow up to the Hobbit is the Aquabats, and just just hear the silence from Dennis. He'll I'm either a, be like, "I'm a huge fan now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Din Din. Oh, Love you, Din Din. But I, I could have swore that was Jeff Riviera that we were bouncing ideas off of because we were talking about video games and how they were successful. Maybe uh, pin, pinball exactly. back in the eighties and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, maybe it was. You always call him Riviera, by the way, which just makes me think of uh, it's a uh, <laughs> at BYU the there was a yeah well exactly the Riviera or, or there's a there's a dive place that all uh, freshmen uh, get to that's off campus housing but it's still really cheap and so it's kind mm-hmm. of a dive so. Anyway, yes, Jeff Rivera. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm losing my voice. Yeah, you're fine. Ah, there we go. I think go you ahead. need to lay lay down on the concrete on your back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you need some painkillers? Yeah. Let's right. some, some, I'm going to take a muscle relaxer right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Larson's over there partying it up with Excedrin. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Vitamin water. Get crazy. Yeah. You know it. You know it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, that that covers our entering the pinball subconscious. Thank you so much, Zach, for letting us steal that from your your show. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. It's terrifying, but it was fun. <laughs> kind of did it without asking, but I figured oh. you wouldn't say no. So <laughs> I, I like the boldness. You got to be bold sometimes. You got to. Well, and like like we were talking earlier, you can always say no. So. Hmm. So. Well, cool. Is is there anything else we want to cover? Well, well first thing, we want to make sure that Zach, uh, Zach, tell us how to reach you, what you do in pinball, and how can we get product from you? Oh, my gosh. It's like music to my ears, Larson. Uh, you can reach me at a number of places. If you're wanting to buy a brand new, sparkly, beautiful, juicy pinball machine like Elvira Premium or Jurassic Park Premium, Willy Wonka maybe, uh, flipping out pinball distributes for a number of manufacturers, Stern, Chicago Gaming Company, Jersey Jack Pinball, American Pinball, even like Valley Dynamo, Pitch and Bats, Escaleras. If you want to climb stairs with these heavy things like safes or pinball machines or washers and dryers, we are the exclusive uh, dealer in pinball of Escalera stair climbing hand trucks, um, and as well as some other distribu- or distribution. So get a hold of us at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip, the letter N, out pinball.com. That's an email, or 812-457-9711. You can also reach me at uh, This Week in Pinball Podcast. That's uh, This Week in Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what I'm doing right, and if it's something that uh, you guys don't like and you're scared to tell me, go ahead and email Jeff. Let him know that's our that's our joke because everybody always emails him when they have issues with me and I love it. Uh, and then straight down the middle of uh, Pinball Show video series, sdtmpinball at gmail.com. And I cannot go away without telling you about the flipping Out Pinball stream. It's something different in streaming and pinball uh, than anybody's ever seen, I think. Or for the most part, oh, sure, people have done it, but we do it every single week, every Monday. Ken Cromwell 
Bill Webb, Steve Beatty are up there in Chicago. We provide at Flipping Out Pinball the newest games for them. And they don't only just stream these things Monday. No, no, you guys are in chat sometimes. They take live call lens. We're, we're just like a big old happy family, everybody in chat. It's always like the same 50 or 60 people. We're all hanging out. We're all calling in at the after hours portion. Uh, they have, you know, George Gomez they just had in, Ryan White from Chicago Gaming Company. It's just so much fun. And that thing is going to, is about to go in directions in the next three months uh, that is not really being done in pinball you know, streaming. So we're really excited about that. And last thing, of course, I'm the shill. I'm going to plug everything right now. What went live this week is a little old place called Silver Ball Swag. Uh, it's owned and uh, operated by Jeff Patterson and, and one of his partners. But you can buy pinball t-shirts. Market Trends pinball t-shirts going to show up there. That's where you're going to be able to buy it hot off the press. And uh, you can design your own shirts there too. Like anything cool, Medieval Madness has some cool shirts in there. Attack from Mars, they've got some cool t-shirts. So definitely go out and check out silverballswag.com. That's really cool. We'll definitely Ooh, do that. I think that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, and no, honestly, Scott and I have talked about this before, flipping out the the streaming. We love it. We love to just thank go. You, it's, thank you. It's like getting to hang out with all the the media, quote unquote, and just shoot the breeze, man. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like the, it's the, it's the in-betweens all of us guys it's the, and gals the in-between of shows. We can't hang out in person. We can't do a 20 way call every night. So it's once a week, everybody comes in, hangs out. It's kind of, and you, people who don't do pinball podcasts, they come out and hang out too. And yep. they become characters in our little family as well. So please join our family there every Monday night for the most part, seven o'clock central, um, and I guess that would be, what is that? Six o'clock, uh, mountain, six o'clock mountain. Yeah. Uh, yep. There. Yep. Six mountain. Five Pacific. Yeah. So you said, you said people that, that don't do podcasts. It just automatically, my brain goes to Dave Falgren. <laughs> That's right. So, and he's become you, a character. He's the staple. He calls in every week and he gives just the weirdest, oddest stories. It's, it's so much fun. Yep. And he sent me a t-shirt because I said the, we, we're doing oh, really? something with Wonka. Yeah. He's just like. And I was like, I, I tune into the flipping out stream and I'm like, to hear the Dave Falgren stories. He's like, you get a t-shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love so, Falgren. Nice. Awesome. Well, well thank Zach, you, Zach. We're also going to send you out a loser kid hat. So what? I get one I of those know. hats. Woo! I, look, I've been promoting this thing. You guys, I hope you guys have heard me that you guys have the nicest pinball hat in podcasting and nobody's ever going to get close to it. That, that design is money. You guys nailed that thing. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, we'll I will definitely send, wear that hat. I'll, I'll, we'll get we'll we'll do the uh, like you said the the whole after the game show. We'll get your information and your address after the show. Yeah. So cool, man. I can't think of anything else to say. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to come on and rant. I'm a, I'm an acquired taste, as Jeff Patterson says. So uh, it's not easy to get along with me sometimes, but it w I think we had an awesome discussion here. We brought up things that maybe people don't think about, and that's the name of the game here. Um, and uh, just I'm from the bottom of my heart, I, I'm appreciative of you guys giving me the time to come on here and chat with you. It's, it was fantastic. It was great. Can't do it. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to do it again in the, in the near future. So thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. No problem.